You were just like I did at your age. Please don't say that thing. I'm 16 years old. I'm not a child. Don't you take that tone of voice with me, young lady. Love you, Dad. I love you too, son. You're listening to Honey. We made a Disney podcast. Two friends since first grade, now dads, reliving the Disney movies we grew up on with our own kids. I'm J.B. Wagner. And I am Eddie Ferguson. And on today's episode, we are all for one and one for all as we review The Three Musketeers. But first, J.B., how are you and the family? Uh, Three of us are doing well. My daughter is... It's been a rough, it's been a rough couple of weeks for her. She, uh, little sissy, she, bless her heart. She <laughs> sees the older brother and mm. wants to trudge after him everywhere that he goes. Um, and she's walking everywhere, um, at her age and she just, the, the coordination is taking a little bit of time. She she can get a little head of steam and run around in circles and that's all good and stuff like that. But sometimes she just doesn't know her own boundaries of what Aww. she can or can't do. Yeah. And I, she's been running into everything. She's been not paying attention and running into things mm. or just tripping over things and falling. Um, uh, she was on this little toy, uh, riding, like kind of push slash ride unicorn and fell on it. And the point of the unicorn no. hit her right in the middle no. of the forehead <laughs> and like literally drew blood. So she had that for a little bit. And then other times she was bump her face, or whatever. But the big one was she was, it, I don't even think she was like running or anything like that. She just tripped and fell directly onto the bookcase or the the media center where our TV is at and hit it right here really hard and made this black eye just like around her her eye right here. And we I don't think we took her out in public for a couple of days just to <laughs> yes, let, yes. let it let it go down a little bit because we were just like everybody's gonna call CPS on us. We're gonna yeah. get called CPS immediately. So that is why I say we are doing what three of us are doing well, but uh, little sissy, she is just bless her heart. She's having a little bit of a rough time right now. Just some for some reason, every time she hurts something, it's always her head somehow on the side, on the nose, on the forehead. But it's been it's been a rough go. At least um, it is self-inflicted. At least you're not having like buddy coming in and just like. I mean, not to say that he's not trying to inflict okay. in, inflict all kinds of stuff on her. Because I was going to ask you about manner. this. You've got an older boy and yeah. younger daughter, he, like we do. But your your couple of your kids are a little bit older than ours. Lewis is now in this thing where, like, he just wants to like just come in and tackle his sister, <laughs> and she's only seven months, so it's like. There's not, not much great. there. Yeah, that's not yep. great. So there's just these moments where you're like, whoa, diving yeah. in trying to stop it. Buddy, he 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 tries. He he goes from like really gentle to really aggressive in a split mm. second, and we have to catch him before it happens because uh, he gets like all this pent up energy and like really, and he really wants to be in her face, and then all of a sudden she's crying, and we have to put him in the corner, and it's just. It's just kind of a mess sometimes. So if but she's not, if he's not inflicting 
some sort of uh, pain on her than she's inflicting on her on herself. But you are so true on the whole, like anytime your kid has any type of visible like injury, you just feel this compulsory need to like explain, explain it. it to the nth degree. It's like, I need a shirt. oh, you know, kids, they just run into things. And it's like, yeah. I'm a really good parent. I promise. Mm-hmm. I promise. I don't know what's worse. Uh, walking around with your child having a bruise, like a, a mark on their face. Or just a bad haircut because we've literally <laughs> been walking through them all. And uh, I think it was one of the times that we went to a bad person to get a haircut at and it was poorly done. We hated everything they had done walking through. And my wife is convinced <laughs> to this day that there's a lady that said, bless her heart, like as we were walking past. So those two things are never, never good things. But luckily, they haven't happened at the same time, a bad haircut with a mark on the face. So. Oh my goodness. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, something very exciting happened for us big Disney plus fans. We got, we got a new trailer this week. Oh yes, we did. And I think I sent it to you immediately. I'm sure you had already seen it. I had, I, there's this thing called Twitter, um, that you you follow the Disney plus account. (laughs) Yes, of course I do. And so as soon as they tweeted it out, I'm watching it. And it is I what what's the what's the cheesy name of the series? It's the Mighty Ducks something. Oh, why didn't we write this down? It so, is so super we didn't we, we we didn't do this very well. The trailer that dropped was for the new Mighty Ducks series. <gasps> what? There's a new Mighty Ducks series. If you've been listening to this show at all for any period of time. You probably you know, heard we've been looking forward to this. Game Changers. Game Changers, yes. Mighty Ducks Game Changers. <laughs> Honestly, I thought it was like a new season of Survivor. Like, that's usually what they do. It's like, Survivor Game Changers. Yeah. I was super excited to watch this trailer and then was immediately let down by the trailer. So, I, I, I was as well. Um, there was there, no magic. There was the no own, chemistry. No, none. It, it it barely talked about the kids at all. They had all these kids that I literally can't remember a single one of them right now thinking about it. It no. was like they just had what's her name from um, Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls, and then they bring back uh, Emilio, Emilio Estevez, Estevez and just which these- is the best moment which is the best moment of the trailer a little cheesy you know he kind of like emerges from the fog of the ice and the Zamboni he's running the store now but it, it seems like he's of running course. the store of course yeah. that, that was a thing but it, it didn't have any like I said magic it didn't have any magic to it that I was like the no none of that magic with the kids with the interacting with the all of the things that we loved about the brand new, if you want to listen to it, you should go back and listen to our episode. Uh, I'll be right. looking that up. What, what episode that is while you're talking, giving us so, something. So Mighty Ducks, what is so fascinating about it is you have an eclectic group of kids. You've got to have that eclectic group. And what struck me is about the trailer is it's just like three random kids that look exactly the same. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm mm-hmm. I'm not immediately drawn in by a variety of characters. It just the title Mighty Ducks, the premise of the story 
isn't what makes that movie. What makes that movie is an eclectic group of kids with their little jabs and one-liners. You know, our whole review on episode... I've been trying to get it, and I I'm think pointing our, to you. I think our it's website a- might be down. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, I, I think it's okay. I, the, the one of the page, uh, the number 13 episode, number, number 13. 13, lucky number 13. There we go. Um, one of the things we go back and back to time and time again in our whole review was the one liners, the zingers, the unique yep. different characters mm-hmm. and how they interact with each other. And this, this trailer, it's like, I think you missed that completely. Like there's none of that magic of characters camaraderie the friend the the friendship yeah. the one up and on each other the ragging on each other no we don't get any of that we just get i don't even remember what it was i watched it once and it was just like mm. boring this i'm like it looks like a cheap disney channel show like i'm sorry but it looks like like you remember that like s- the sweet life or whatever you know it's just like or hannah montana i'm like no don't do this to me Yes, 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 yes. So unfortunately, don't ruin my childhood. Maybe they'll be like Sonic, the makers of Sonic, and listen to their fans and go back in and change the entire thing. <laughs> Wasn't that amazing <laughs> that, that was Sonic did that? Yep. Yeah, that was we pretty could, incredible. But this is not a, a podcast about Sonic. This is here nor there. We just wanted to update you all, our faithful go, listeners. Go watch it. Nobody ever comments, but go ahead and comment whether or not you think the um, the trailer looks interesting or or not. But it's supposed to come out in March. I think that was one of the things that I was surprised. I thought it was going to be a series. Quick. It's very quick, um, which is interesting. I mean, we've got WandaVision going on right now. Falcon Winter Soldier is like a month away from starting. And then we've got this, which is a month and a half away. Eddie, Loki, we're about right to get a lot that. more content. A lot more content. That's why they're going to charge you a whole dollar more. Yeah, about that. They didn't up. They didn't uh, up sale the bundle package. So I'm very happy about that so far. That's true. And you got in on the ground floor at the the crazy three years for three bucks a month. Yep. Insane, insane. Mm -hmm. But Eddie, Mm -hmm. I think it's about time we give the people what they want because they're not here to talk about Mighty Ducks or about our own children and about calling CPS on us. They are here to hear Russell. Wow. That was incredible. They are here to hear us talk about the three musketeers. Cue the Disney sound effect. (laughs) What is that? I just happen to have a yardstick. yardstick And you are. So I'm using this like it's a sword. Is it a lightsaber or a... Uh, that was more of a lightsaber. Pose, that was, that was more of a, a lightsaber thing. But in the Three Musketeers, they always do the... Yep. You know, they bring it up to their face. Like For podcast this. listeners, this is riveting stuff. You can't... You're missing out on Eddie but if you waving come to this use- thing around like he's a fifth grader. <laughs> so let's listen to the IMDb description for the 1993 film... The Three Musketeers. France, 1625. Colon. Young Dent. Young D'Artagnan. <laughs> Hail. Hail. 
heads to Paris to join the Musketeers. <laughs> but the evil Cardinal has disbanded them. Save three. Three. He meets the three. Athos, Porthos, and Aramis. And joins them on their quest to save the king and country. King and country. There's a lot of weird. There's a, this is definitely the most different description. There's a colon in here. There's yes. Dates and times. There's a lot of number threes in here when it probably should have been spelled out. <laughs> T-H-R-E-E if we're talking about proper grammar. That does I don't know why nuts. they have threes. Two, it's in here twice. Twice. Not just a not the date part, but just like save three. He meets the three. It's literally the three. Anyways, we're done. We're I'm I, I'm over it. I'm over it now. All right. Let me make my first comment about this movie based off of the description here. Okay. okay. France, sixteen twenty-five. Yes. The most attempt at being French in this whole movie is just the four dudes' names. A- am I right? Like, if, you are if correct. They, they did not even try to make this French whatsoever. They, no, no, one, no one attempts a French accent <laughs> in the slightest. There's not even a bad French accent. Like, they didn't try. It's, it's, you know, you've got clearly American accents, clearly British accents, Odd, weird, gruffy voices, but nobody there's and it doesn't feel French at all. Like uh, <laughs> it's like a a poor episode of Wishbone. I a don't know. Poor like this. <laughs> Wishbone episode. Wow, that's <laughs> shots fired right there. Sorry, but do do you see what I mean? Like it's just like not even like even the costuming to a certain degree. I'm, okay, you've got the Fleur de France, and like that's about it. That's yeah. Yeah, it it's not really set in France. It's just somewhere European. There's Euro- a few castles. European-ish. There's some castles. Nobody's really trying to cuz especially we're talking about this main cast of Okay. Charlie just- Sheen, Oliver <laughs> Platt, Kiefer Sutherland, Chris O'Donnell, that's your main four uh, protagonists. And then you've got Tim Curry on top of that. (laughs) Just no authenticity whatsoever. Just throw that out. None. So let's start then with young D'Artagnan, Chris O'Donnell. D'Artagnan. Uh, Who'd go on to be uh, a Robin CS or uh, NCS NCSI staple for many many years, Chris O'Donnell. But anyways, in in CSI NCIS or whatever, Chris is that which one? L A, New Orleans, Las Vegas, Washington D.C. I'm pretty sure Indianapolis. I'm looking it up right now. I'm looking up his filmography while we uh, talk about him. So, not the greatest exercise in acting. Um, I would agree. I, <laughs> um, definitely NCIS, a little... then NCIS Los Angeles. So, it's okay. the Los Angeles one. But anyways, go on. Okay. Yeah, a little, a little flat. A little, little bit? A little one-dimensional. A little bit? A little one-dimensional. Um, but still... Um, I don't know. You can see Kiefer Sutherland 
in this prepping for his 24 days. He's he's putting <laughs> he all of that like long stare. He doesn't have it yet. He does he's he's trying but he doesn't quite have the uh that look of you have no idea what he's going to do. He might bite your leg off to save the world. Doesn't have that quite yet. He's he's working on it in this film, but he's got another 7 years before the, seven, the, seven to eight years before he the that. scene that kind of sets it off because Kiefer Sutherland has this way of taking a serious scene and being too serious with oh, it. Yes. Oh right? yes, right. Um, this is why I like I I just couldn't get through the rest of Designated Survivor because I'm just like no, I, yes, but I can't. Um, but that scene with in the tavern with young D'Artagnan, and he's like, mm-hmm. I can never trust a guy until I've drank with him. Yeah. You know, like, okay, that's a he's little got a very too good, hard. he's got a very good, like, he's got flies coming in his face. Where he's, just like, <laughs> he's just like, This is frustrated. a vi- very visual podcast. This episode, he's frustrated, but he's moving his, he doesn't, fl- he doesn't literally swat the flies, but he's just like, yeah yeah he does that really well and in that scene i have to appreciate there's a couple of comments all throughout that about young d'artagnan's like drinking age like (laughs) there was a legal drinking age in the 1600s yeah (laughs) i don't i don't think they fact i don't think they did their history history. I, i don't think there was an you know id checked like oh did he get carded you gotta card him yeah, that's not happening. And then he's got the whole thing where, like, D'Artagnan's like, you know, what, what shall we drink to? And D'Artagnan's, to love. What do you know of love? <sighs> what? No, no, I can't it do this. Come back. Can, I can't believe we've gone this far without talking about the fact that there is an action movie where they were relying heavily on the sword fighting of Oliver Platt. <laughs> So I'm so glad we get to Oliver Platt because he is by far my favorite character throughout this whole movie. <laughs> I I love him as an actor in general from West Wing. I think he's fantastic. Well, let's not say the, the Oliver Platt in the West Wing. This is this is completely different, <laughs> completely different. But he's places. I, I wouldn't is, say it's completely different because all Oliver Platt's characters do have a, a certain level of um eclecticness to them. There's these I'll give you that. No, you he know, was these he was amazing in the West Wing as the president's lawyer. Incredible. Yes. But um in this This is closer to his performance in Beethoven. <laughs> there we go. Well said. Well said. Another Which, now 90s I need to look up and see movie. if we're gonna be covering Beethoven. No, and, it's a I think it's a Fox movie or a Oh, uh, we Universal. would have already hit it. It was 1992. So same time. So he comes off of doing Beethoven, Beethoven the dog and movie. comes and does this. I don't this. know why that movie is just, we watched that so many times. I'm so upset that we're not going to be actually covering that because so much time spent watching that who, movie. Who produced it? Uh, so the producer of this film, Northern Lights. Well, I mean, Lights. like, who distributed it? That's Northern Lights? Hmm. I don't know. Not Disney. Yeah, so this, Come on, is, Disney. this Disney. is not Disney. Anyway. So that on. same, so 
that same tavern scene. I don't know why, but just that tavern scene where they like he's having D'Artagnan practice. Pre- you need to practice your winching. There's right? a lot of there's a lot of mentions about winches in this. First, yes. it starts off with, "Why don't you go go home? Go back to your home." marry a wench and give her a child and then later on he's like let me talk to you about the subtle arts of wenching later on in this random tavern it's so awkward so ridiculous that was one of my first moments where i'm like this is a disney movie hold on oh that there are so many so many moments the the opening scene where the guy's getting whipped yeah, just like just like getting out and out. Wh- you can see like I that's as far as I could get with my son, and I was like, I'm sorry, we're gonna have to watch this later, just by myself because yeah. I'm not gonna watch this with my four year old son. <laughs> um, and then I mean, then, then the guy gets stabbed. To death. You just see the shadow or whatever, and then yeah. just like all of the interactions basically with women in this in this movie is so overtly sexual that it's ridiculous it's just so ridiculous yes the the countess Mm. the whole way through it like pretty much you've got the like i don't know like like forced uh, almost rape at the uh with d'artagnan there's like uh hold on what's happening like i thought this was the disney movie this should this should be Somebody else. I don't know. Yeah, the, whole, just the whole com- situation with Tim Curry and the Queen. You've yes. got you've got the um the Charlie Sheen and the 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 girl he's <laughs> the tutoring, opening. the opening with Charlie Sheen, which Charlie Sheen does a better job of the action in this film than Oliver Platt then, does by far. Yes, oh by far. He is not the, no, he's like, not the worst case in this. The the there's a, l- Sutherland. a lot of violence and a lot of sexuality for a 90s Disney a 90s movie. That's Disney just, movie. I, I don't know how else to, to phrase this. If this was know? an 80s movie, we'd get it. Yeah, that's the Maybe, 80, the but like you're the family brand, you know? No. And where? No, not at all in this movie. If it, but in that scene, Oliver Platt does have my favorite line of the movie. Where it's like, yeah, they've done the whole like practice the winching and he falls over somewhat drunk or whatever and then the music starts playing and he goes what a lively tune i'm inspired to dance (laughs) yeah and he gets up and does this random dancing that's yeah obviously they're like um he doesn't really know how to dance so let's just let him do his thing and we'll pick what we can actually put in the movie When he actually, and then he gets up and actually does try to dance, and it's it's horrible. awful. Oh, it's horrible! It's horrible. <laughs> Why did nobody stop this from happening? Just, just someone push him over, and then we'll say he's drunk, and then just move on from it. No, that was. I just want to sit down with the casting director, who put Charlie Sheen, Oliver Platt, and Kiefer Sutherland together. It's amazing. There is zero. If you just said those three names and said, what kind of a movie are they in? A a period piece action film. 
about the Three Musketeers is would be the furthest nowhere on my list. No, I would think nowhere. Um, a remake of Three Men a Baby, or it's actually that's a it's, good one. That actually is a good one. Or it's some kind of cheesy rom com. Not or if, it, or, if, or, or if it's an episode of Two and a Half Men, it's probably closer to that than sure, <laughs> sure. But I think even with the casting of that, I this movie doesn't know what movie it wants to be. You know, is it a comedy? Is it an action? Is it a family film? Is it full on crazy? I think we can rule family film out of this. Sure, I, I'm sure. Pretty sure it's not that. But at the same time, like if you're going to be just kind of a PG-13 action kind of edginess, like it's not edgy enough. Like it's edgy just enough to kind of be weird and creepy. Yeah. Like it doesn't serve a purpose in the story. It's just like, oh, let's just toss that in there. Oh, that's weird. That's odd. This poor movie. (laughs) There's so many things happening. Here's the redeeming factor. It maybe I don't know. I I love Tim Curry. Like anything that he is in, <laughs> I find him to be delightful. Um, even though he's he's just a comical villainous. What do you think it is? Character. What do you think it is? Because he plays. He's just, he like the moment you <laughs> see him in anything, no matter what he's playing. You're drawn in immediately and like, I care about any word. It's something of his, it's for sure part of his smile, but then also just the way he talks. There's nobody that talks to him like him. It's the way he enunciates a word. He just has a way of making sure he clearly enunciates, attacks the, the consonant, but getting all of the vowels in there with it. I, he, he just makes these odd vowel sounds before each consonant. I, I was you, listening. Can I tell you what what the big result of this film was? Why? Because my wife kind of came in about halfway through and was like watching. And she's like, "Why?" <laughs> she near the end, she's like, "Hey, I love Tim Curry. Can we watch another Tim Curry movie now?" Sure. What do you want to watch? We watch. Clue. How did you guess that? How did you guess that? It's it's the best Tim Curry movie. That's incredible. He's amazing. So I had never seen Clue, but you can watch it on CBS All Access if you haven't. What? Uh, So we we have that because. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. It's on CBS All Access. This was your first viewing of Clue? First viewing of Clue. Get out of town. I I am 95% sure I've never. I've seen maybe one scene maybe of it but no i'd never seen clue so we were a year old when it came out so it makes sense but that was a favorite uh that i love that movie i find it so again i love movies where you have just that eclectic ensemble of characters just and you just see the people yep random groups of people right that is like a masterclass of a movie of that that category. It's just random. Mrs. Peacock in that movie, I still cannot get enough of. <laughs> is it because she reminds, uh, it, reminds you of a, a drama teacher that we used to have? Yes. Uh, that we, yes. we were in plays together. No, no, not be, no, will not be named. 
Um, but Tim Curry also is fantastic in Home Alone 2. Arguably yes. the character that makes that movie. He is a very interesting character in that because he's not really a bad guy. He's just doing his job, but he's in the worst situation. He just gets taken advantage of by this by this kid. <laughs> Over but and over still, and over again. but still a bad guy, you know. Still kind, kind of, yeah. of not that great. He's the, he's the, he he finds the kid out, yes. But I love, and so I think in this movie, even though it's just such a creepy character with the cardinal hitting on everybody, and I don't know, it's just just so weird. But I I do enjoy Tim Curry. He hasn't been in that much recently. I, I did of, have to ask myself if he was still alive because I know there's been several Twitter hoaxes. Yeah. Twitter death death uh, hoaxes. So I do have some good news for us here on the Honey, We Made a Disney podcast. Um, we will see Tim Curry again when we review Muppet Treasure Island. Yes. That is another big Tim Curry role because he plays Long John Silver in that movie. So, and that's coming up. We're in 93 right now, and that was released in 96. So, we've, oh, we've got like 30 films in between, <laughs> between that. <laughs> uh, I, I want to I go over a, a couple scenes that really made made this movie very special the mm. when they steal they steal tim curry's carriage and they take it on a fast chase out of <laughs> out of out of out of town trying to get away they mm-hmm. find uh his secret stash of <laughs> The Cardinal Secret Snack Chamber. <laughs> They're this talking is about my the wine the whole time. Second. No, I don't want a white wine. Brings out, oh, the, there's a, the red wine. No, he brings out champagne and it's champagne. like, we're still in the midst of the fight. This is no time to celebrate. Then a, 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 a dry red then a dry or something red. like that. They're like both not taking it seriously and taking it seriously at the same time. Yeah, uh, but when they take when they finally get away from them just a little bit, they get up the hill and then they decide to light it on fire, and all of these guys are chasing them. And, and then he they, says, "Don't, uh, we can't let this bourbon go to waste." And so, so, they, they, so they light the light it on fire, put it back down. Then all of the guys see it's coming, and then they do the whole uh, Monty Python run away, run away, run away. <laughs> they start running away, and then we get the Michael Bay esque. <laughs> explosion because it hits every everything in this town apparently has dynamite barrels of gunpowder it's like every barrel of gunpowder in all of france happens to be right there at this time and my favorite is they also do like this flaming barrel will go like a 50 yards and fall into another pile of of and then it starts it up again and then another one, it, it like happens two or three times where you're just the explosion. I don't know who the stuntman in this, but even that first opening scene with uh, Chris O'Donnell, when he's trying to run away, there is a lot of people falling and hitting themselves. Yes. Very similar to my own daughter, like we talked about in the opening, yes. like every everybody's getting hit 
or the ladders being pulled out from under them. It's just chaos. And every one of these action scenes is just chaos. Your allusion to Monty Python is spot on, though. It is a poor reproduction of Monty Python. Oh, yeah. Like, but that that is so when I, I said earlier, like, I don't know what this movie is trying to be. Like, is it trying to be a more serious action film or is it trying to be more of a slapstick comedy? Because those are those moments where I'm like, I think you're trying to be like Monty Python right now. But it's not that funny. No, it, it, it wasn't that funny. But there was one thing that was funny that I don't think was meant to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's just assume they did the homing pigeons when he, <laughs> when, you, when he you, when, the, the way that he instead of just saying just something i'm gonna send out uh all of my mercenaries go find them like he he can just leave it at that he doesn't have to we don't have to have a mechanism a medium of communication to talk to the mercenaries. He can just say that and we know, but then no, he opens up these flood of, of these gates of all these homing pigeons. And he's leave. holding one and he's like, my feathered messengers will get the word out for me. <laughs> it's so rough. It's so bad. And, and you know, I enjoyed that moment because... I used to you. raise homing pigeons. Mm-hmm. Used to raise them for many years. So did, were the were the mechanics right? Were these real? It was. It was very accurate. They um they they were looked like real homing pigeons. Though, I can't believe I, he has a homing pigeon for each one of his mercenaries <laughs> that goes directly to their home. <laughs> That's a lot of effort. That's a lot of training to get these homing pigeons to go like to one mercenary at a time. And that is what's, uh, yes, because each pigeon has to be trained to, to go to the, one place to what to the home of the one mercenary that also entails that that mercenary is always at the same home, right? <laughs> at least it's not like, here, give this to Igor, here, give this to Mishael, <laughs> you know, like Mishael. I, I, so I just wanted to make sure that we, we didn't go <laughs> through this entire thing without talking about that, without that. Also, Gerard, the guy from the opening who just keeps coming up and poor Gerard, <laughs> he just keeps losing, but trying to come back. And then he tries to one up Chris O'Donnell when he's Dentanyan or whatever, when he's about to die. He's like so giddy and then he loses it. And he, he like that dude. Has a physical way to go, like his face just elongates into like the saddest yes. face ever. And I, though I loved the recall of that all the way to the bitter end, like the very end of the movie is D'Artagnan, I must revenge, you know, avenge my sister. And well, now we know how to come to your aid, you know, and then, <laughs> and then it's just this stream of, of three musketeers in the blue robes. It's not just the three of them. It's like all of them. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I loved the recall of, of that one. Did you pick up some of the uh, minor characters? Did you perhaps recognize Queen Anne from another movie we reviewed recently? I don't know that I did. The actress who is I Gabrielle Anwar. 
from the horse movie. I was wondering what you were going to call it. Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken. Can't Be Broken. She portrayed Sonora Webster. They were that impressed with that film that they brought her back. (laughs) That's a reach. Oh, my goodness. And then uh, I love, if I can, Michael Wincott, the guy who plays Captain Rochefort. I'm not good with my French pronunciations either, but he's the guy with like the super gruffy voice, everything, like a real raspy voice. I don't remember him. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, you remember the character, though. It's the guy who's always in black and he fights him. Oh, the, that's right. What, what else did we see him in? He's in a lot of. Uh, so he was in 24. He was in the Alien remake in 97. But um, he's also done a lot of like voice acting, of course, because he's got a very distinguished voice. Um, and I know him from um, Treasure Planet. We will we'll cover that in, I don't know, 150 films. Oh, goodness, Eddie, I don't I don't even know where to begin to rank this film. Because I feel like all of the bad movies that. I would never want to see again. And there were definitely a few moments in this film where we're like, if, if I was just switching channels, if, and for the young, young kids listening to this, that's when you have to actually wait to watch some, or you, you watch something live as it happens, but it's not that good. So you have to change channels back and forth to find something that's good at that moment. You can't just Uh recall it like Netflix. If some of these scenes popped up, I'd sit and watch it again. Uh-huh, this is like uh-huh. classic TNT yes. film. Like that's the channel for this, for this show. For just this, kind this of a swashbuckling sw- sword fighting. That's just fun. You know, it's not too serious. So, uh, so that's why for me, as I'm thinking about this, I forget what I've, I, I can't remember. You can, people are going to hold me to what I've ranked <laughs> other films. Like, I can't believe you ranked this over this, whatever. I'm going to give this a solid one and a half fruit snacks. Wow, that low. It's not a good film at all. That half a snack is like the, I will entertain this for a little bit, but I don't want to spend much more time with Chris O'Donnell in this film. Yeah. I, it's like way over the top, way too over the top for my appreciation. So I'm going to go one and a half. I am just now, it's now dawning on me that we've not kept track of our ratings. no track. No, we have no, we'd have to, it'd take a while to go back and We'd have to go back and re-listen to all 20 episodes. We need to start, I need to start putting that in the notes of like, how did we rank this? Yeah, we need to keep track. We need to keep a page on our, that should be on the movie list is what we ranked it. Eddie and, Eddie and JB's rankings. I would um I was going to say two but I think I will come down and agree with you so that we can have some unity here and say okay that one low. Yeah. I I it's bad when you you leave it and you're like don't want to ever see that again. That's that that's where I'm at. If if I don't want to watch it again then so that's why I give it the extra half just cuz like there's a few scenes there's like 
I enjoyed that moment. And then we will move on and be like, oh, yeah, this is why I don't want to watch the rest, rest of the film. Any, is there any dad tips in this? Yeah, don't don't let your kids watch this movie. Like, don't don't watch don't, this movie with your kids. Don't watch this movie with unless your you kids. want to explain to your your child what a wench is. Right. Oh my, I. So I don't. Have you seen? There was another version of Three Musketeers. Oh, that Eddie, was, Eddie. There is not a another version of Three Musketeers. There are multiple. Look, one, there, two, three, four, five, six different musketeers plus the three mouseketeers which is on disney plus we may have watched that instead of watching this version when i was yes. watching with my with my with my son um, no i was thinking of the one that came out um the 2011 2011 one? paul w anderson directed that also is oh, awful oh that's got Luke major, Evans, Orlando Bloom. That's got some major Waltz. people in here. It wasn't good at all either. Like, I can't think of a Three Musketeers movie that I've, like, oh, wow, that was really good. I really love that. Orlando movie. Bloom, Mila jo- Jovovich, Matt Mickelson, Ray Stevenson, Christopher Waltz. There's a it lot has a tw- of people in this. Yeah, it the 2011 one got a 26 on the tomato meter. Yeah, that's bad. That's really bad. Should see what the um this version got. Oh, it looks like Mila Jovovich fights in this too. So maybe she wants to be a musketeer too. It's funny that they that they're known as the musketeers and they're known for their sword fighting. When wouldn't you well, think a, a very- mus- wouldn't you think a musketeer would use their musket more than a sword. Well, I'm sure that there has to be some French entomology of the word musketeer. There must, because I'm thinking of a gun musket, not a musket. Which there, there is some of that in there. There's a little bit of that in here. Another sure. Monty Python thing that I was thinking about was when they're just strolling down the way and then the castle is throwing things at them as they're running away. That was another little Monty Python. Very Monty Python I, I'm moment. sure that was an on the nose like little thing to the French. The the I spit in your general direction. Um, yeah. So I don't. Is there a good Monty Python or uh, Three Musketeers movie? Even some of the old ones, like the Earl Flynn versions, are. Just really good sword fighting, but awful story and character. Uh, Eddie, let me just tell you, the 1973 version, let me just read this to you. There were, once upon a time, four Marx Brothers, four Beatles, and now there are three Musketeers. I haven't had such a good time at a new movie in years. Peter Brogdon, director, Pepper Moon, and What's Up, Doc? Oh, that's why, because I don't know any of these people. (laughs) This... This yeah, this that's this is just all bad. Yeah, I I I, I think this might just be a cursed topic. Or yeah, story. It just yeah. like doesn't you don't make it. You still make it once, but anyways. So there you go, Three Musketeers. Uh, unfortunately, if you haven't seen it, I don't know if we would recommend you go watch it. Maybe, maybe not. Just pass. It's okay if you don't want to revisit this one with us. Yeah. But 
our next movie. Have you ever seen it before, or is is this your first time? This will be my first time to watch it. Iron Will is probably my mom's favorite movie. It's a dog movie, right? It's in oh yeah. Is this the one that they just redid with uh, Harrison Ford? No, there's so many redog redone dog movies. No, the the call. Call of the Wild is the Harrison Ford, and I don't know if that was ever done. It wasn't? Jack, no, Jack London wrote two books. He wrote Call of the Wild, well, he wrote lots of books, but this two that he's known for is Call of the Wild and... The one we already did. White Fang. That's what I always get mixed up with. I love how you just are so... The one we already did. So yes, Iron Will, tune in next week. You will hear me rave and go, what, JB, what? Thanks for listening, everybody. 